Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Well, I admit to feeling a little bit of pressure today, as I imagine this may be one of our more listened-to podcasts. Uh, it's certainly one in which um, 15 minutes is, is going to barely allow us to scratch the surface on the topic, but um, that's what we're here for, at least begin the discussion. And fortunately, I'm able to call on a terrific resource to help out as we begin. Uh, what you'll find out in a minute here is, is one of today's hottest topics. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and today we're going to try and begin some discussion on the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, as it's often referred to. Uh, the assistance I referred to is going to come from one of the partners at Lavelle Law Limited and a regular contributor on this series, Ted McGinn. Ted does a, a great deal of work with small businesses. I'm sure he's begun to dig into many aspects of this piece of legislation on behalf of his clients, so we're going to find out what he's been up to and what we should be thinking about. So let's get to it. Ted, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It's a very complicated topic, so I appreciate you taking some time to be here today. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. And like you mentioned, I mean, really, we're just going to give a very broad overview of the Act and how it works, just so everybody out there who's listening can have kind of a basic understanding of the framework and how it works. Okay. Now, let's let's maybe start this by, before we even get into the details of the Act itself, can you give us kind of that 10,000-foot view of, of where we're at with health care today? Um, and then that'll maybe lead into what we're looking to change by the process of this enactment. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, I think it's important to understand a little bit of perspective to, uh, so we understand what the problem is first before we start dealing with the solution. When Barack Obama was elected president, obviously one of his uh, big ambitious goals was coming up with a universal health care program to help the uh, health care industry. Uh, at the time he was elected, and it's approximately about the same today, there's about 37 million uninsured Americans out there. They fit in, I would say, three different large categories. You have one category, which would be the poor Americans. Second category, individuals who have pre-existing conditions, uh, conditions which the uh, insurance companies have decided that they're not going to insure. And then the third category of uninsured uh, individuals would be those who just simply out of indifference have chosen not to obtain insurance. That would typically be individuals who are young, are healthy, don't feel the need to have health care insurance, so they just choose to uh, forego the premiums and save the money and they go without the insurance. So that's kind of where we are today. Okay, and a lot... uh a lot of different aspects of this bill may address some of those, and as we'll find out, many other aspects as well. So uh, let, let's talk about some of the pieces here and, and um, try and build a little understanding. Now, a lot has been made about the individual mandate, and I think that might apply to one of the situations you were just describing. What can you tell us about it and, and why it's get, you know getting so much attention in these discussions? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the individual mandate is probably the most controversial part of the entire statute. Uh, obviously, as Americans, people don't like being told what to do. The, the, everybody grows up feeling that we're free to make our own decisions, 
And that's why sometimes the individual mandate, which basically means you're being told to go out there and purchase something, that tends to fly in the face of what people feel it means to be an American, to be free. Most people don't like being told what to do. Uh, and that's what, you know, the individual mandate says you have to go out there and get insurance. Um, so it's that group you, know, you mentioned it, that have chosen not to have insurance for any reason, maybe young, healthy, whatever reason, this this new law is going to say, no, you, you can't fall into that category anymore. Correct, correct. And the reason uh, this mandate is important, uh, you have to understand a little bit about how the insurance industry works. I mean, in, in insurance companies, they are businesses, and obviously they're in it to become profitable. They want to uh, bring in more revenue than they spend out in insurance costs. And when they look at a potential customer, they have to evaluate that customer and decide whether this is a uh, a good risk to take or a bad risk to take. If, if they feel that this individual is a higher risk and is prone to be sick or in need of health care uh, costs, uh, then the company, the insurance company, will charge a higher premium. They do that so they can recoup the expected costs that they're going to incur down the road. Now, Get, let's get to the uh, the, the uh, healthy young Americans who forego insurance. Uh, they're out there, and b by not participating in the the insurance program today, insurance companies have a hard time covering those sick and 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 who and health you know the unhealthy individuals out there mm -hmm. because they don't have the healthy people to kind of subsidize all the costs that will be incurred for the unhealthy out there. So. Let's go back to Obamacare and, and getting back to why the individual mandate is so important. If if everybody wasn't required to get insurance, then everybody would just simply be able to just go out there and not get the insurance, and then when they need it, when they get sick or when they get injured, they'd be free to go out there and go out to get the insurance at that point. So it, it would just really put a tremendous amount of strain on the insurance industry. And, and as we look at this, without getting off track here, when we we talk about this, people have you know many polarizing views. But the Affordable Care Act really is going to impact, as you said, those anyone who is insured or chooses not to be insured, the insurance companies, the the medical providers, medical systems, uh, employers who are who are providing insurance. Um, so really, you know, from from the individual to the medical community to the to the business providers like insurance companies, I mean, everybody is going to be affected by this in some way, which is why the information that's floating around is is so difficult to work its way through because there's different perspectives on each piece of this, isn't there? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's a you know, healthcare is such a big part of our lives these days that you can't have such a broad statute and, and not have it you know, create some sort of an impact for everybody, whether you're an employer, whether you're an individual, whether you're a medical provider, uh, you will feel some sort of an impact. And, and you, know, you know, later on we're going to get into some of the issues as far as employers and individuals. But, you know, the individual mandate is a key part of the statute, and as we all know, the Supreme Court has considered it They've ruled that it is constitutional, and whether you like it or not, that is the law of the land, and um, you know, and we'll have to deal with it. It's going to have an impact.
Yeah, now it's time for people to, to prepare for, as you said, to deal with it. Uh, we're we're getting some information from Ted McGinn, one of the partners at Laval Law Limited, and as he just mentioned, uh, we'll get into other pieces of the Affordable Care Act a little bit later, and in fact, in future podcasts, because we're not going to try and bite this all off in one conversation here. So um, we're going to kind of visit this a few times with Ted, and I appreciate him taking the time to to do that with us. Um, a couple of other highlights we want to talk about today, and and we'll spread these out over time, but. Another another kind of lightning rod area here has been Medicaid. Um, is there a sense that you can kind of give us a quick synopsis here as to what the impact of that system is going to be? Yeah, well, uh, a big part of the program is the expansion of Medicaid. Just so everybody is on the same page that we're on, I mean, just so you understand, right now Medicaid is a program that's been in existence for quite some time. And, and generally what Medicaid is is, Health insurance for the poor. It's a program out there that currently is funded partially through the states and partially through the federal government. And each state is free to make their own decision as to the eligibility requirements. Um, and and whatever the state elects to do, uh, it just typically about half of it is, is paid for through the states and half of it is paid for the federal government. Now, under Obamacare, as I mentioned before, you have an individual mandate. The individual mandate provides that you have to go get insurance. Well, so that's that's part of it. The other part of it, Obamacare is going to make it easier, in theory, for everybody out to go out there and get their insurance. And one way they're going to do that is expansion of Medicaid. Um, right now, each state is, a, is able to go out there and make their own decision as who is eligible for Medicaid and who is not. Uh, they have that discretion. Uh, there's a minimum eligibility that is set forth by the federal government. Now, the states could expand that, but at a minimum, they have to meet the certain minimum federal requirements. And that is, uh, it's, and, it's, and it's spelled out as a function of income to poverty level. So right now, pregnant women are eligible if their income is 133% or, low, or, or, be, or beneath the poverty level. Children 6 and under, 133%. Children 7 through 18, 100%. Elderly disabled adults, 75% of poverty level. And working parents, you have to have an income 25% or less of poverty level. That is the current minimum eligibility requirement. Now, under Obamacare, uh, that changes those categories, and now it's 133% of poverty level for all Groups. So all those groups that I described to you, if your income is uh, 133% or less of poverty level, then you are now eligible under Medicaid. So basically, it just enlarges the population as to who would be eligible for Medicaid. Okay, and that that number then you, you mentioned that um, there there has always been the ability for states to make some determination on their participation level. Um, so I'm understanding that this is the new minimum level across the board. States may still choose whether or not they participate, but if they do, it's at that level. Well, states have the option, and this is this has been litigated as well. Some states have there are states do have the option to opt out under this part of Obamacare. Why would states opt out? Well, here, here's why some states are a little bit nervous about this. Under Obamacare, the Medicaid expansion is only funded through the year 2020. From years 2014 to 2016, 
the additional eligibles under the Medicaid expansion will be paid for 100% by the federal government. And then that percentage, and again, we're talking about new eligibles, uh, that percentage that the federal government will pay slowly reduces from 100% down to 90% in 2020. And then 2021, it's not sure, it's, it's not very clear as to who is going to pay for the new eligibles. But in addition to the new eligibles, states are worried about old eligibles. Because currently today, a lot of individuals out there who are eligible for Medicaid do not apply and do not, you know, participate in the Medicaid that is out there that is available for them. So a lot of individuals, you know, a lot of politicians in the various states are worried that under Obamacare, people who are previously eligible are now going to apply and now fit under the Medicaid requirements, and that is paid for under the old funding system, 50% by the, 50% by the state, 50% by the federal government. So in other words, some states are worried that you're going to bring a whole bunch of new individuals into the Medicaid program and a lot of states right now are having a hard time paying their bills, and all of a sudden you're going to have a lot of more individuals under Medicaid. It's going to put a significant financial strain on the states, and that's why you see some of the states right now considering and choosing to opt out. Okay. Well, um, obviously we said at the beginning we wouldn't get too far into this in, in one conversation, and we are almost up against our time here. So, Ted, we're going to get you back on uh, in the near future here. We'll we'll dive into it a little bit more. Um, as you deal with businesses now, I assume you're getting a lot of questions. Um, are you starting to deal with people to try and prepare from different views as to how to be ready for the implementation? Oh, yeah. We have a lot of individuals wondering what's going on. And what makes this thing even more challenging is that this is going to be uh, implemented in 2014, and right now a lot of the states out there, and, and we haven't really talked about the exchanges yet, Jim, but uh, a lot of the states have yet to unveil their exchanges, which are supposed to be available. So everybody out there who's looking, you know, what are they, what, are they, what should they do? What's best for them? How are they going to meet their requirements? They don't really know right now because the exchanges are not set up at this point. Okay. Well, uh, a lot to cover, and uh, we certainly appreciate Ted taking the time today to be with us, and we appreciate you listening. We look forward to having you back with us again soon on this and other topics, and uh, you can find any of our conversations, as always, uh, at labellelaw.com if you want to go back and give a closer listen. Uh, thanks for being here with us today. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.